What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Appreciate everyone who's been tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please go and give my Instagram page a follow at English Encore Podcast. All one word, some really great content on there. If you didn't get a chance to tune in yesterday for my live session, you can go to the IGTV section on my profile and see my full interview with UB Bulls senior guard Javon Graves. Some great content there. Really been enjoying enjoying doing those live sessions and look forward to continuing getting some great guests on for the upcoming weeks and into the very long future. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy right now with the coronavirus and hopefully you all get to see your family and friends sooner rather than later if you can share my profile on instagram with your family friends coworkers, whoever it may be i'm trying to get to 400 followers by the end of the month any support would be greatly appreciated i have some promotions and giveaways in the works for you guys for always tuning in and showing me support so be sure to stay tuned in for those today it's going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast I'm a little bit stuffed up and under the weather, so bear with me if you can. I'm be diving into Kim Pagula's recent comments in an Associated Press article about the Sabres, which left a lot of bad taste in fans' mouths, including myself. And then I'm going to be going into my preseason Bills awards, going through who I think is going to be the team MVP for the year, offense, defensive MVP, breakout player, all those sorts of things. So starting off with Kim Pagula's comments, first and foremost, I'm just going to go through and read you a few of the quotes from the article and then kind of talk about my thoughts and some of the things she said that I didn't think made sense and why a lot of Sabres fans are pissed off. So first and foremost, she said, one thing I've been preaching is sustainability about how to ensure that we are here in the Buffalo area for a long time. Do I want to do this job forever? No. Who knows, I've kind of enjoyed the role. Yeah, I'm fixed in. So to me, the reason why Sabres fans are angry with these comments is looking at the first quote, she talks about sustainability. The Sabres have been the farthest thing from sustainability since they've took over the team. They've had one playoff appearance in 2011, which was the year they got the team. They've had six different head coaches and three different general managers and the team hasn't finished in the top six of the division in the past seven years. That's the farthest thing from sustainability. So to say that she's trying to preach sustainability and trying to get it right, and she admitted that she said a few times that it took her a while to finally notice, wow, how did I let this go? This wasn't working, and that's on me. Well, yeah, it's on you. But to keep saying you got to sustain, do sustainability how can you preach that to the fans when you've been nothing close to sustainable you've given them inconsistent stuff on and off the ice from a hockey perspective the arena is bad you haven't done anything to upgrade it but you've spent money elsewhere and don't get me wrong the pagulas are doing a good job with the bills currently And they've invested a lot of money in the area and built hotels and restaurants and whatever it may be. But as an owner of a sports franchise, your first priority should have been putting money into those franchises. And they laid off 21 employees 
including high-profile executives and longtime sales vice president John Sinclair, who, you know, is one of the most well-known Sabres ticket holder people that handles everything. And a lot of Sabres fans, including former alumni, were not happy about that. And for someone who wants to create sustainability, like, you're giving fans a reason to want to leave. You're getting rid of people that have been dealing with this guy for 20, 30 plus years. And they were always quoted when they took over a team as sole reasons to win a Stanley Cup for the fans and money's not an issue and we'll just go drill more oil to get more money. I just think those are pretty arrogant comments. And then Pagula Sports and Entertainment is a useless company. Like, you could get rid of that whole thing and save yourself so much money and you wouldn't have had to lay off as many workers. I've been in Pagula Sports Entertainment. I've had an interview at Pagula Sports Entertainment for jobs. But I just don't understand why they need it to overlook the Bills and the Sabres. It's two completely different sports. You need to separate them and worry about their own thing. Why do you think that one team succeeding and one team is not? It's because you're focusing as like a whole and trying to build a culture but it's completely different sports and they're different games and the players are completely different like you can't just have one sports and entertainment facility that oversees two completely different sports and try to do the same things for both and think it's going to work like it's not and then her saying that does she want to do this forever no but she's enjoyed the role and she's fixed in like, like, how dumb are you to make that comment? You know, if you listen to WGR or any of these sports shows, you'd think that they'd have someone in her ear telling her, hey, you shouldn't say that. Like, I just don't get it. Like, yeah, I'm enjoying the role. I'm kind of fixed in. You're enjoying the role. You haven't done anything since you got here. We've made the playoffs the first season you were here, and the team's been garbage ever since, and you haven't done anything to change the team. You've gone through different GMs, different head coaches. Nothing's worked. You've done nothing for fans off the ice as far as promotions and anything to want to make them come back. Talk about financial challenges because we're in a small market. Well, if you know anything about Sabres fans and Buffalo fans in general, if you go to the Stanley Cup playoffs and watch the TV ratings and how many people watch the Stanley Cup, Buffalo is number one or two in almost every single TV category every single year. You can go look up the stats online. Buffalo's easily top two. I want to say nine of the last ten years in top five and probably the last 20. And you want to talk about how... Because we're a small market, it's financially challenging. You have fans who haven't seen the playoffs since 2011 who are still tuning in to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs at the second or most highest level from TV perspective in the world. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And you're, and then they're saying they don't know if they're going to be able to put the money into the facility downtown at the key bank center that they need to because of COVID and everything, which like I get, but at the same time, you haven't made any renovations to the building since 1996. Like you've been doing all these other great things in Buffalo, but what about the Bills and Sabres arenas? Like those are 
key to helping you be successful, drawing more fans and being a better business owner. And to me, these comments just came off as very arrogant. Um, a lot of fans are not happy about it, especially because she basically admitted that she's fixed into the role and she's enjoying doing the job because, I mean, who wouldn't want to be a president of a hockey team? Any person in the world, I'd love to be a president of a hockey team. I love to be a president of a hockey team and not go to the playoffs for 10 years and keep my job. Like, just frustrating. I've gone on so many Sabres rants on these podcasts that it's kind of just getting tired of me doing it. I really don't want to dive too much more into it. Um, if you want to go read the article, it's all over online. Check out the Associated Press. You can see more comments in there about it. Um, definitely interesting to see in the offseason. I touched on it last week, how she said it's unpopular with the fans to keep Jason Botterill, and she knows that, but she knows more things than we do. Basically admitting that the fans, or she knows the fans don't like our GM, and even though he's not doing a great job, they're going to keep him around because they see stuff internally that they like. Well, that hasn't worked for the past 10, 15 years, Kim. So, whatever. Um, moving on to the Bills. A little bit of a brighter subject because the Bills season is going to be starting hopefully on time. And the Bills are definitely going to make the playoffs and make a deep run. Going 11-5 and five or better. Calling it right now. So, going into some Bills awards. I'm going to be going through team MVP, offensive MVP, defensive MVP, most improved player, breakout player, and then rookie of the year for the Bills. Um, so starting out with a breakout player, I think Dawson Knox is going to be the player to watch for this category. Um, had some drop issues last season, but I think he's going to be a vital role in the Bills offense. You look at the tight end position, you have Lee Smith, who's primarily just a third down blocking guy, short goal line situation, leadership role. Tyler Croft was the guy they brought in to be the number one guy, but dealt with injury issues all last year. And I question whether he can stay healthy. He only had about five or six big catches for the Bills last year. Um, the biggest one, obviously, was against the Steelers to secure the playoff berth. But he restructured his contract to pass offseason. So I think Dawson Knox is going to be the go-to tight end. And I think with the addition of Stephon Diggs, incorporation with John Brown on the outside going against number twos Beasley in the slot and then the one-two punch with Moss and Singletary in the backfield Dawson Knox is going to have a lot of great opportunity and slot corners and linebackers and he's very good at tracking the ball and going up and making a play so I would not be surprised at all if he ends up with eight to ten touchdowns this year as long as he can clean up that drop issue I think he's definitely going to be the breakout player the Bills need him to be for most improved this could really go to a lot of guys, but I want to think Cody Ford. I think he learned a lot last year. He had was very up and down, but towards the end of the season, he became very consistent with his play. I think adding a few veteran offensive linemen in the offseason is only going to help him as well, give him more people to talk to and learn from. I think Mitch Morris and Deion Dawkins, as well as Quentin Spain and Feliciano, with him was a great core group of guys and they're all coming back which only is going to help the bills long term and i think they um you can see that by them re-signing spain this offseason to a three-year deal dawkins will be up for a new deal soon but it seems like the bills want to keep this core group of guys together to help josh and the offense out and i think cody's going to learn a lot from his small minor mistakes 
um, towards the end of the season and really improve this year and be a solid um, tackle. And it's also nice that he can be flexible and play other positions on the offensive line as well. But I definitely think he's going to be the most improved player. For Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go a little bit outside the box on this one. I think most people, if you asked who would be the Rookie of the Year for the Bills, everyone would say A.J. Espensa or Zach Moss. I'm actually going to go with Gabe Davis. I think he's actually going to have a significant role in the Bills' offense. He's a bigger body receiver, which the Bills have been lacking for a while now. Obviously, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, and Beasley are going to get the bulk of the targets. But after that, it's kind of up in the air. Robert Foster dealt with injuries all of last year. He's been inconsistent since his breakout rookie season with the Bills. You know, Isaiah McKenzie's more of a utility guy. Reverses, screens, short passes, punt return specialist. And then you have Duke Williams, which is a very great story. He had a few big games for the Bills when they needed him last year, especially against Tennessee and the Jets. And week 17, when a lot of stars in play, you could really see his potential at this level. Um, I don't know if he'll make the team this year. I think he'll be a practice player and then a call-up if needed. And they also drafted Isaiah Hodgins later after Gabe Davis. I just think Davis is the perfect fit for Dable's offense, especially, as I mentioned, in the red zone. And I also think he's going to be able to open up the field a little more. When you watch his film and highlights, he definitely appears to be a lot faster than people give him credit for. He's a great route runner. But the thing I love most about him is he's very good at going up and targeting the ball and finding it in the air before it's coming all the way down. And I think at this level in the NFL compared to college, receivers that are able to do that and pinpoint balls and get that chemistry with your quarterback, not only does it help them, but it also draws a lot more pass interference calls now with the way the game's officiated and being able to go back for the ball and trying to pinpoint it at a higher level so that the defender has to make more movements with their arms or hit you more while you're trying to catch the ball. So I think he definitely has a chance to be the rookie of the year for the Bills. For defensive MVP, I'm going to go with Tremaine Edmonds. I think he's going to have a significant jump this year. Um, when you look around the NFL at a lot of the great linebackers in the game, you know, you look at Luke Keekley who just retired. You look at the Bobby Wagners of the world, um, players of that stature. That second, third year is where they really started taking off. And I think Edmonds really progressed last year, especially as a leader. He still needs to get a little bit better as far as coverage goes. But as far as getting downhill and being a run stopper and blowing up plays, you could see the instincts that he had last year. And I think he's going to only get better. Trinavius White's obviously going to be a contender for this award as well but I think Edmonds is going to have a bigger impact especially when we're playing the Kansas cities of the world the 49ers of the world where they have really good tight ends that Edmonds is going to have to be a part of taking away those options and we're facing some really good running backs this year as well so I think he's gonna have a great season offensive MVP I'm gonna go with Stefan Diggs just because I think he's that much of a game changer for this offense. You saw us win 10 games with a very, I wouldn't say mediocre, but middle of the packed offensive skill set and guys on the team. I mean, John Brown had over a thousand yards receiving and that was going against the best of the best corners in the NFL. Well, now John Brown gets to go against number twos because we have Stephon Diggs. And because we have John Brown and Diggs, they're not going to be able to double team as much because if you do that, you have Beasley in the slot or you have Brown on the outside. 
And I just think Stephon Diggs being the route runner that he is is really going to open up the Bills offense for Josh Allen. I think Dable's going to be able to utilize him in a very unique way. You saw what they did with John Brown last year with the reverse passes, um, reverse handoffs, all that sort of stuff. And I think Diggs is going to be instrumental in some of those plays as well to catch a lot of people off guard. And I would fully expect him to be over 1,000 yards and probably between 7 to 10 touchdowns. And then team MVP, I am going to go with Josh Allen just because I think he is going to take that next step again this year. We've seen him progressively get better. We saw him, you know, the first five weeks last year, he was good, but struggled throwing the ball, had a lot of interceptions, seemed very hyped up at the beginning of games, a little too energetic, let the motions get the best of him. But then he finally settled down, only threw two interceptions over the last 10 to 12 weeks of the season and really took off and progressed his game. We saw him struggle a little bit in the playoffs. I think that's definitely something he's going to be learning from. I think the additions to the offense with Zach Moss, Singletary going into his second year, having that stronger run game compared to Frank Gore, who was slowed down at the end of the year, mostly because of age, and teams kind of figured out when he was coming in the game we were going to run it. And then the addition, obviously, of Diggs, and a consistent offensive line play incorporation with our defense pretty much returning at full strength and even getting better on the defensive line, in my opinion. I think it's only going to create for a better product for the Bills on the field and off the field and I think Josh is instrumental in that and I think you can see that with all the workouts he's been leading in the offseason taking that next step as a leader as well and I think he is going to be the team MVP and those are pretty much my awards that's going to pretty much do it for this episode today I will be back on Friday with another podcast I'm going to be doing an interesting topic on Friday I'm going to be going through the Big four of sports, so MLB, NHL, NBA, and NFL. And I'm going to be talking about one to two players who, if they never got hurt, what their careers would have turned out to be. So you think about basketball, you talk about the Derrick Roses, the Brandon Roys of the world, things of that nature. Talk about those guys and where their careers, I think, would have went had they not gotten hurt. Maybe they would have won championships. Maybe they would have actually just been average and you know, plateaued and then fell off with their game. Very interesting. And then I'm also be talking about just general stuff around the sports world and be updating some more stuff about the NBA return to play, hockey return to play, all that sort of stuff. As I said before, please go and follow at English Encore Podcast on Instagram. I greatly appreciate it. Um, appreciate all the support you guys have always been showing me. Please share this as much as you can. And I look forward to continue doing these and I'll see you everyone back again on Friday. This is Nick English signing out. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.